Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Epic Fantasy Romance. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Ah, oh, it's delicious. Hmm. Today is Thursday, February 9th. I don't know why I'm sounding so dramatic today. It's just a dramatic kind of day. Um, it's a snowy kind of day, light flurries. Uh, the other day I went out for an appointment and it was snowing, but it was sort of in this like woody area, as woody as Santa Fe gets. And all of the birds were singing like it was springtime. I was just this chorus of bird song as if it were rain and not snow. And it was, it was glorious. So, um, I'm happy. Things are good. Uh, yesterday we did the, the Faro Bub fantasy romance version of the book Bub and it was excellent. Um, lots and lots of downloads, dark wizards, like at the top of the Kindle store right now, which is always lovely. No longer free. Uh, although if you get to this soon enough, you might get to Amazon in time. Let's see if Amazon takes a while to take things off of free. So yeah, right now Amazon still has it as free. Uh, so if you hurry, you might still get it as the free download, but um, who knows? It depends on when you watch this, right? Um, so yeah, that was great. That was really, um, useful. I've already reported that the call with Sarah, agent Sarah went well on Monday and I have been working on bandits this week. So that's, um, that's been, it, it went well, it went well the last couple of days and I've shored up a lot of the world building. And then yesterday afternoon got on a call with my friend, Alex Werovich, who I have mentioned from time to time, who's the one who owns the house in Kauai that we went to on retreat. And he is like math, super genius finance guy, um, as well as author of science fiction and fantasy. And he offered to help me with one of Sarah's problems with bandits, which was that my monetary system was not as tight as it could be. So um, talking to Alex is definitely um, a be careful for what you wish for because people, he messed with my brain. <laughs> so, so yes, he broke my brain. Um, <laughs> not finance gal here. Although, you know, I'm, I'm good at math. I, you know, I've got the science background, but, uh, some of the stuff he was getting into was like, um, valuations of coins and whether or not they're worth the same as what the metal is worth and all of this. And Alex thinks about this stuff a lot more than I do, which was why it was great that he helped me. Uh, he also, however, just finished reading, um, shadow wizard which is nice. And he liked it. Um, well, it was almost done. <laughs> he said he hadn't quite got to the end. And I was like, uh -huh. <laughs> for those of you who have read shadow wizard, I was like, Oh, he said, well, 
that he was waiting to find out what uh, Jadron was going to do about his feelings for uh, Celia. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, mm -hmm, yeah, that. But um, but Alex found a mistake that I made. I'm not sure he's right. He might be right. But um, damn, the really smart readers. He found something that I may have gotten wrong uh, in Shadow Wizard. And I'm not going to tell you all what it is because none, none of y'all noticed it. None of you said anything to me. Alex said something to me about it yesterday when we were talking and he said, have you thought about this though? And, and I was like, well, but that's not a thing. And then he explained it to me why it was a thing. And I was like, shit, and we're on the video call and I'm like this, but I, I've been thinking about it and I think maybe he's wrong. So once I extract, oh, kitten, hold on. Uh, let's see. What was my train of thought? I've forgotten because I got distracted by kitten. And he's coming over here, fortunately, under the camera. Um, oh, yeah. Once I extract my story brain from bandits and get that sent off, I'm going to research. Because even if he's not wrong, and I concede that he could be right. Because one thing about writing versus reading is that when you write books, you write them, you know, when did I start writing Dark Wizard? Um, well, let's let's check. Let's just get some numbers. All right. I first started writing Dark Wizard in May of 2020. And I finished writing Shadow Wizard at the end of September 2022. Um, actually, I think they were pretty close. May 13th, I started Dark Wizard. And then September 24th. So that means May of 2020. So that's like almost two and a half years, right? <laughs> if you're on video, you'll see Kitten behind me <laughs> getting things, getting into trouble. So um, <laughs> definitely a troublemaker. I realized I needed a little bit more warmer light in here. Anyway, um, yeah, when it's like two and a half years between when you set up things in the world, especially for me with being an intuitive writer, I don't know, sometimes you forget things. Um, so I am very appreciative of having such an incisively intelligent reader, um, even as I wishing that I had known this before I published the book. Um, but I think there's a way around it. Um, even if he turns out to be right, I think I can handle it. But he also had some good thoughts for like what should be happening in Rogue Familiar. And he's uh, said he, to adding, oh, <laughs> crash goes the kitten. What are you doing? He says the, the little trash can just fell over and it wasn't his fault. He was nowhere near it. Well, he was near it, but went on its own. Uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm excited about all that. I'm excited about what I'm going to do on bandits. I have good insights and I, I actually have 
some good thoughts on Rogue Familiar that I think will help when I come back to it. Um, because, yeah, Alex said, now to add him to the group of people waiting for Rogue Familiar. So, oh, that reminds me of something. A couple of his comments on Rogue Familiar, um, I think will help me intensify, intensify some of the stakes, some things I was feeling like that first act needed. So I'll probably, when I go back to it, start from the beginning and revise, uh, which was what I was kind of feeling like I was needing to do anyway, because I didn't quite have the thread on Rogue Familiar. So, um, so yeah, big excitement, big fun. Uh, I've been reading the new J.D. Rub. We don't know what it's called, do we? Something in Death, of course but I lose track of what in death it is. Let's see if I can find it quickly. It released on Tuesday. So all of you, my auto buy kindred who, you know, pre-order and uh, read as soon as it hits the Amazon library. Oh, I forgot. I, from the, the Pharaoh bub yesterday, I got like 23 books that I downloaded. And so now it's my library's busting full. Oh, Encore in Death. Encore in Death. Um, always a joy to revisit uh, Lieutenant Dallas, Eve Dallas and Rourke and the gang. And it was making me think about, um, I don't know, is it kind of a, 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 a bittersweet reflection thinking about my friend Robin Perini, uh, who died in January and went to her memorial a couple weeks ago. Wonderful writer of romantic suspense. They were saying at her funeral, her memorial, that uh, she sold over a million copies of her books. She did very well, but I was remembering how much she loved Nora Roberts writes as J.D. Robb loves the in-depth books and how much she admired um, what Nora pulled off with those books. And I remember talking with Robin about it. So, you know, it's interesting after people are gone, then you start getting these, the good memories of them, right? You know, the, the things that you really loved about them. And I remember talking about those books with Robin and she was, you know, analyzing what Nora Roberts had pulled off with those books and just how good she was. And Robin wanted to do something like that. She was always kind of, I think she had an idea. I think she was working on it. She didn't never said explicitly what it was, but she had an idea for a romantic suspense series that she was um, trying to emulate what Nora did with uh, the J.D. Robb books. And, and I wish she'd done it. I wish that that had happened for her. And, you know, you never know when, when death is going to come for you, right? So you've got to do things, got to do them when you do them, right? Got to have them in place. Maybe that's not what I want to say. Uh, I was kind of thinking as I was talking, I said that the other day that I was thinking as I was talking and people and the person with me said, well, shouldn't we all be thinking as we're talking? And I said, no, preferably we think before we talk, <laughs> which is obviously not how this podcast works. So I'm a hypocrite there. Um, 
I guess what I'm saying is don't put things off, right? And I say this as someone who, you all know I'm kind of persnickety. Um, I, I don't like it when people say things like, hug your loved ones, you know, oh, my such and so passed away and, you know, remember to hug your loved ones, remember to tell them you love them and all that. I'm like, well, how do you know I haven't hugged my loved ones, um, first of all, <laughs> and but I understand what they're saying. Um, but there is this sense of trying to prevent there from being regret. Uh, maybe there's always regret, you know, we, it's probably good. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure many people pass away feeling like they did absolutely everything in their life that they wanted to do. Uh, which, in which case maybe you would welcome death if you were like totally done. Um, so it's good to, to have more and more things that you want to do. But, but if, if you are wanting to do a thing, if you have an idea for a thing that you want to do, then um, I urge you to do it because you don't know when you're going to run out of time. So that was uh, a downer. Apologize for that. But, but it's also something to keep in mind. Leave that thing alone. <laughs> He's not going reader. He will not leave that cord alone. As soon as you tell this kitten not to do something, he does it with uh, increased vigor and determination. We should all be this way. There's, there's a lesson. Uh, every time someone tells you you can't do a thing or every time you hit an obstacle when you're trying to do a thing, uh, that is your sign to do it with renewed vigor. So I'm going to work on bandits today. Um, thank you, Alex, for helping me with this monetary system. I think I got it all lined out. Uh, I'm going to have to add a couple of chapters for Sarah. So maybe, uh, I don't know if I'll finish that today. And I have to finish writing out the synopsis, which means I have to say what's going to happen. And I talked about that a little bit on Tuesday. Um, the, the hand waving that is the synopsis writing. It's, it's easier when you're already working with the editor because they just have something, have to have something to tell their people. But in this case, we're like trying to sell it. So Yeah. Um, a couple other pieces of news that I was just sort of looking at my list. I'm very excited because um, I've mentioned on here a number of times that I wrote this article about uh, rooting unconscious patriarchy out of your fantasy worlds. And I've talked about it some, but I mentioned that I wrote this article about it and People have reached out to me and said, oh, I would love to read this article. Where is it? And I'm like, oh, it's not exactly published. And this article has had kind of a tortured history. Um, I originally wrote it for the CIFWA Bulletin before I was president. And, and our editor kind of imploded with the pandemic. And 
that didn't work. And then there was, it was going to be published at this other place and then at this other place. And <laughs> it kept not getting published. And uh, when I was at Worldcon, actually, when I was riding from the airport in the cab uh, or the lift uh, to the hotel with Ellen Datlow, who is wonderful, if you all don't know Ellen Datlow, she, she focuses more on the horror side of fantasy and mostly and short fiction, uh, which means that we can be friends because I'm not looking for her to publish my stuff, although she's friends with everybody. But she's also a wonderfully supportive person. I, I really love Ellen. She's very smart. Uh, but we had this very long ride through rush hour traffic in Chicago and talked about all kinds of things, and it was great. But I mentioned this article. I don't remember why it came up, but I was like, you know, just frustrated because I can't seem to find a venue for it. And I'm just thinking about like putting on my blog or something. Uh, and, and, oh, I was saying that one of the few places that's still publishing nonfiction is Uncanny. And Meg Ellison, who I know from CIFWA and also adore, uh, is their new nonfiction editor. But it keeps saying on there that they're not accepting submissions and I keep waiting. And Ellen said, well, just pitch it to her at the conference. And I said, really? And Ellen's like, yes, just pitch it to her. And I said, well, we're on a panel together and Ellen's kind of rolling her eyes at me. And she said, yes, pitch it to her and tell her. And I don't know why people does this ever get easier. I don't think it does. Um, maybe in some ways it does in that I was on the panel with Meg and we're already friendly. And so I could say to her, you know, I have this article. So I ended up sending it to her. She really liked it. She wanted to publish it. We'd gone back and forth about it in September. I'd made some changes for her. And then like the other day it popped into my head. I was thinking, what happened with that? <laughs> Which is the history of this article, right? That it's like, what has happened with that? Nothing. So I emailed her and it turned out she had been emailing the wrong, she said to a typo email, she would not confess what it was. Uh, but the short of it is, is I turned around some edits for her. She had another set and I got copy edits from uh, Lynn Thomas, the, one of the big editors of Uncanny and I got paid for it. So the article is finally going to come out. Yay. So nice to have some movement on things. Um, feels like some things are coming together. Maybe, yeah, movement. We love movement. Did I have other news? It seemed like I had one other thing to tell you all. I need to turn those copy edits around, do bandits. Um, oh, uh, this weekend and tomorrow, I guess tomorrow counts as this weekend. Tomorrow evening, 5 p.m. Mountain Time, I am going to be doing this conversation on In Defense of Twilight uh, with Dorinda Jones and Maria Vale is moderating. I saw a post from Maria Vale today saying that she is Team Jacob. Can't even, people. Dorinda and I are, of course, Team Edward. Uh, if Had I known Maria was Team Jacob, I would never have agreed to having her moderate. She loves wolves. What can I say? Anyway, it should be an interesting conversation. It should be very fun. Uh, we will trounce her on this foolish Team Jacob idea. 
And then on Saturday morning at 10 Mountain Time, I will be on a panel with a bunch of the Faro Gal. I had to find it. Um, it is Building Fantasy Worlds and Romance Communities. So that should be a fun conversation too with no squirrel Team Jacob people involved. All right. On this note, I am going to get to it. I'm running behind today. Uh, hope you all have a great Thursday. Put, put some of those plans into action, will you? Do it, do it for Robin. I will talk to you all tomorrow. Bye-bye.